Well, good evening. Good to see you, each one of you here tonight. Let's all stand together. Turn to page 380 with me. Page number 380, Revive Us Again. We'll sing all four verses together as we begin tonight. Page 380. Sing out on that first. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for Thy Spirit of light, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again, O glory and praise to the lamb that was slain who has borne all our sins and hath cleansed every stain hallelujah thine the glory hallelujah amen hallelujah thine the glory revive us again revive us again Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Amen. Great start tonight. Reviving, amen, and sure glad you're here uh, tonight. I don't guess we'll call this the oasis in the desert, amen. We'll call this the warm spot in the igloo, amen. And uh, so whoever always predicts that we're going to have the worst winter uh, every year, I just want to congratulate you because you got this year nailed down, amen. And uh, mercy, we've got some uh, good snow and some possibly coming in, amen. I don't know, you know, we... We've got outreach scheduled for this Saturday, and I know they're calling for quite a bit uh, coming in Friday, but uh, we'll wait and, and see what happens because you never know. It could just turn out to be a dusting, amen. You just uh, never, never know. And I, I've always thought that, that Walmart was in cahoots with the weathermen, amen, because they make a killing off of that stuff. So anyways, I don't know where all this is coming from tonight, but I feel better having, having said amen. But do want to welcome you into the service. Uh, tonight, and uh, of course those uh, tuning in on live stream, thankful for that, amen, uh, with, with things uh, that are certainly uh, happening. And so let's pray tonight, ask the Lord's blessing on our services tonight, and excited about getting back into First Timothy. And so let's pray tonight. Father, thank you. Thank you for your blessings to us. And Lord, just want to thank you tonight. Thank you for your watch care over our buses, uh, Lord, as they were able to go out uh, tonight. Thankful that we had some warmer temperatures today that that uh, melted a lot of the snow and uh, the, the slush and things like that that were out on our streets and even in our parking lot and sidewalks. Thankful for those that uh, helped out uh, even yesterday getting uh, things kind of cleaned up so we could have snow or we could have school rather uh, today and uh, thankful for that. And thank you, Lord, for those that made it a point to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And so just praying and asking that you would bless the services tonight. Bless our fellowship with one another, our prayer request time, even our missionary update, and things like that that we have uh, following uh, the preaching time tonight. But Lord, certainly want to ask for your hand to be upon the Word of God tonight as we open it up, and that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us as your people tonight. And Lord, just want to thank you tonight. Thank you for Faith Baptist Church and your goodness to us and your grace. Pray that you're blessed now in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated? Uh, tonight, and I do just have some uh, quick announcements wanted to mention. Of course, we do have our outreach uh, scheduled for uh, this coming Saturday at 10.30 in the morning. And then if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, don't forget about there's no school uh, in light of the holiday. Uh, I believe it's Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day uh, this coming Monday, January uh, the 15th. And then uh, this uh, next uh, week, uh, January the 16th through the 18th, is the church 
the church planning conference there at Heartland Baptist Bible College, and so we'll be attending that. And so Brother Eric Watson is going to be preaching the main service here uh, next uh, Wednesday night. And then, of course, uh, January the 19th, which is on a Friday, uh, is the uh, second round of volleyball and basketball games against Heritage Baptist uh, School and Church there uh, in Lawrence. And these will actually be the away games. So this, this will be over at their place, Heritage Baptist Church there. Uh, and again, that starts at 6 o'clock uh, in the evening. And then, of course, if you signed up for the Midwest Couples Retreat, that's uh, February the 2nd and 3rd, Friday and Saturday. And if you did sign up, make sure that you turn your money in uh, for that. We were able to get registered and all of that. And then also wanted to mention this, uh, we had uh, the uh, uh, January bulletins go out, and right there in the front of the bulletin, there is a um, uh, mention there for the directory update, and uh, so we do want to update our directory. So if you were in the previous directory that we did, and I want to say we did that one back in 2018 or 19, uh, and uh, you moved or some things have changed, you may want to go in there and update uh, that and then of course if you don't get the text alerts and things like that for stuff that happens with the weather as it rolls in and we make a change to the services whether we cancel them or we go to online only or something like that if you don't get those texts make sure that you sign up uh, for that and just it's got a little barcode or scan thing on there you can do that you just pull your camera up and follow the the link and stuff that that comes up and so one again just want to encourage you uh, to do uh, those things, and because especially with, with what is forecast for uh, this weekend and, and stuff like that. So I think the high for Sunday is supposed to be like negative four, the high. That's just not right. I want to bring it up that we vote tonight to move the church to Florida. Amen. For three, no, I'm just kidding you. Amen. So, amen. They that endure to the end shall be saved, right? All right, take your prayer list out uh, tonight. And I uh, did just want to mention a, a few things uh, tonight. Uh, certainly pray for Brother Roy McRae. Uh, he uh, has uh, fallen again, and so they're doing some x-rays and, and things like that. He is, just, he is having some slight uh, discomfort and, and stuff like that. So just praying that nothing is broken, and so if you would pray uh, for him. Uh, also continue to pray for the Serenity Hardman family, also Miss Kristen uh, Kennedy, uh, her family. Uh, with the home, uh, with her uh, dad passing away and also her aunt. And then, of course, Serenity Hardman passing away. And so pray for them. Also wanted to mention some uh, tonight uh, that you can add onto our prayer list. Uh, if you would uh, add uh, Bradley uh, Watson on our prayer list. He has been very sick uh, with RSV. And so if you could pray for him. Uh, still at home uh, running a fever. And then also, and some of you may remember the Gordon, uh, the Gordons, a married couple that uh, attended here for quite some time. As they were originally from West Virginia, and Brother Gordon was working with a mining company here uh, in the Kansas City area. And then the Lord ended up moving them to uh, Louisiana. And uh, Brother Robert Gordon had hip replacement surgery Monday. And so he has been recovering from that, and uh, just he had reached out to uh, Brother Jim Wisdom and asked if we would pray for him. And so uh, we've been praying for him, but just wanted to add him, if you could add him on there tonight, and uh, certainly kind of battling uh, from that. And then also, if you could, add a young lady on there by the name of Robin Creason. Uh, the, w the way that you spell it is reason with a C at the beginning, and, and you pronounce it Creason. Uh, but this is a young uh, family that just enrolled their kids in our Christian school, and uh, she has been, uh, they actually were on the mission field, had to come off, and because of her having some health issues, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, and come to find out, they just found this out, I believe it was this past week, she has a tumor on her brain, and then her, the rest of her body uh, has got quite a bit of cancer in it. She has cancer in her bones, one of her lungs, and then also her liver. And uh, so if you could pray for her. Again, her name is Robin uh, Creason. And uh, if you could pray for these uh, kids that are in our school. And uh, as you could imagine, just uh, really battling uh, there. And so pray for them. Uh, on the good news side of things, we can take Brother Gary Clark off. Had his uh, prostate biopsy last week. And uh, good to see him here 
uh, tonight and doing okay. And so, uh, but uh, we can take him off the prayer list. Anybody uh, have a prayer request or an update or anything like that as we go to the Lord in prayer? Brother Will? Okay. Mercy. Mercy. What was his name again? Ed Mendoza. Okay. All right. So Ed Mendoza, uh, car accident, pretty serious. And uh, let's, let's make sure to pray for him uh, tonight. And then I saw a hand back there, Miss Georgie. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, that's a blessing there. All right, so continue to pray for uh, Laura uh, Stanfield and, and her cancer. All right, Brother Matt? Amen. 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 So rednecks. Amen. 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 And then you need to you need to have a talk with Brother Parker after the service tonight about texting and driving. Amen. So that's. Amen. That's a blessing. Anybody else uh, tonight? Miss Marie Christian. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Don't forget about that. Yep, I'm glad you mentioned that. Pray for Miss Marie. Uh, Christian going to have that procedure done on her eye. They're going to put a couple of stitches in uh, right there. And that'll be this uh, next Tuesday. And that's on the 16th. Is that correct? Right. And so pray, pray for her uh, going through that. Amen. Okay. Just one. All right. Okay. So we need to add uh, Natalie on there for uh, sinus uh, surgery on uh, February the 27th. Amen. And uh, so pray for that, that uh, Lord willing, she'll get her sense of smell back. Amen. And that'll be a real blessing there. If they put her under any heavy medication, I will promise to film that and make sure that gets on social media for everybody. So. Amen. Anybody else tonight? All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. And, uh, amen, got our Heartland guys, amen. They're hitting the road tomorrow, amen. And both of them are riding with Luke. Quinlan, amen, so, amen. Well, Luke Quinlan, why don't you pray for us tonight, buddy?
thankful that no matter what we go through, we have Jesus to lean on. Amen. He is our solid rock. Let's turn to page 425. Stand together in times like these. We'll sing all three verses for our last song tonight. Page number 425. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure. My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. I'm very sure. I'm very sure. My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen. I hope you can say that he's your anchor tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm sure thankful in this world that is so very confusing and, and messed up. It's good to have an anchor. Amen. And one that truly works. And uh, what a blessing tonight. Well, take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to 1 Timothy and chapter number 5 tonight. 1 Timothy and chapter uh, number 5. And uh, kind of moving right along uh, through uh, the pastoral uh, epistles here and, and getting uh, certainly started, First Timothy, and uh, just getting close. We've only got a couple of chapters uh, left and a lot of good stuff here uh, yet to uh, deal with tonight. Uh, and so uh, chapter number five, look with me if you would at verse number one. And the Bible says this, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. And I'm just going to stop there tonight and we're going to look at this and I believe it will be a blessing uh, to you tonight. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for uh, the Word of God, thank you, Lord, for just already knowing what the challenge is tonight to have fellowship and to have friendships and relationships within the church body tonight. And so God challenge us tonight to be a friendly church to the community around us, to those that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But also, Lord, challenge us tonight to be a friendly people within to one another Bless the preaching now, in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight. Chapter 5 is going to introduce us to uh, some new subjects within the book of 1 Timothy. Uh, something that we have brought out as we've been going through 
the pastoral epistles is the idea of church polity, and that's really the idea of, of how a church governs itself, carries out uh, different things. And no doubt this will again come to light as we get uh, in, in, into chapter 5. Paul begins to give instruction to Timothy on how, to, how the church is to deal with widows and, and even taking care of the man of God. But before all of that happens, uh, we, we have these three little verses right here that, that serve as really what I would say to you tonight, they serve as a bridge between what we're going to see in chapter number 5 with the widows and, and the pastor and all of that, but, but also to what we saw back in, in chapter number 4. If you remember, chapter number 4 was about encouraging uh, encouraging Timothy to stay faithful. Uh, there were some things like this. Don't follow the crowd of apostasy, amen? Uh, don't go, uh, don't turn away from the faith, but rather expose it by, uh, expose it with the Word of God. And then we also saw this, uh, walk with God in your private life, in your personal life. And so now as we enter chapter 5, Paul now turns and begins instructing Timothy on on how to treat others around him in the church, whether it be the older men in the church or the younger men in the church or the ladies or, or, or even, how, even to honor the, the widows. And here's why. Here, here's why. Because if Timothy is going to stay faithful, he's going to need help. You, you understand what I'm saying? He's going to need... Li listen, these people are going to help him to grow spiritually as a pastor. Hard to pastor when you ain't got nobody to pastor. So, so you understand they're going to help him, but at the same time, they're also going to serve the Lord with him, and they're going to stand for the things of the Lord with him. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that more can be accomplished when there's more people. You understand, that's not a deep thought tonight, but that's still a true principle, and we would understand it. Really, this is what I thought about tonight. If you go back to chapter 4 and verse number 12, and it gives really what's one of the most well-known verses in 1 Timothy, but here's how it starts. Let no man despise thy youth. And what I would say to you tonight is this, is that this brings balance to all of this, because the idea here is this, what could happen if Timothy is not careful is that he begins to develop a negative attitude towards people. But, but, but here's the thing. Ministry is about people. And so you cannot, let's, so the, this, this, this instruction right here is going to bring balance to that and, and to say to Timothy, listen, be careful about pushing people away. And, and rather than doing that, build relationships with the men and the ladies within the church that God is placing you in, in the church at Ephesus. Here's what I would say to you tonight. You know what the text reminds me of tonight? It reminds me of this. I need church. And you need church. And, and we need one another. And, and here's the thing. Not just the preaching, but we also need friendships and we need fellowship within the church. You understand? That's one of the byproducts of being part of one of the Lord's churches. And, and so both the pastor, but also the people need to learn how to build relationships and, and manage them in the light of the Scriptures. And so that's really, that's really what our text is about tonight. It's us learning how to build friendships and relationships within the church. And here's the thing, and you need to listen to this tonight. If you are, because if you are not and you are some kind of lone wolf, you are doing nothing but hurting yourself spiritually. You, you really are. And, and here's what I would say to you tonight. If Paul understood that Timothy needed them, then I would say to you that we need to understand we need them as well. You think about Paul's ministry. Paul wasn't a lone wolf. Paul had, listen, Paul went out. Paul went out with Barnabas. Paul went out with Silas. Paul made friendships like Aquila and Priscilla and Timothy and Titus and Gaius and a host of different people. I mean, read the end, the, the last chapter in the book of Romans and you'll see Phoebe and all of these people that, that he met. And I think of Stephanus who was addicted to the ministry in Corinth. All of these people that he met in all of these regions. Why, why, why would Paul mention those things? Because not only is ministry about people, but it's needed in ministry. 
that we would have friendships and fellowship with, with one another as God's people. Now, I want you to look down at our text tonight. And notice it says here, it says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren. Now, I don't know about you, but when I see, when I see that instruction and I begin to think about the older men and the younger men, my mind immediately goes to Rehoboam in 1 Kings chapter 12. Um, and, and for time's sake, I don't want to go back there and, and read all of that. Many of you probably know the story uh, tonight, but if you don't, the idea is this. Rehoboam, Rehoboam was Solomon's son and would eventually be made uh, the king of, of Israel at the time. Now, Rehoboam is made the king, but there was another man by the name of Jeroboam. All right, Jeroboam fled during the reign of Solomon, but he had, after Solomon's passing and Rehoboam is made king, Jeroboam is brought back into the land. And what happens is, is that the people turn to him and, and want him to go before the king and try to get uh, the burdens loosened upon them that Solomon had placed on them when they were building the temple and those kind of things. So they come, uh, Jeroboam comes to the new king, uh, Rehoboam, and he presents the situation and what the people want. And, and Rehoboam tells Jeroboam, wants you to go away and come back in three days and I will give you my decision. Now, in, in that time of three days, in that process here, here's what Rehoboam does. He seeks the counsel of both the young men and the old men. All right? And so the old men had been serving under the reign of Solomon. Maybe even some of them had seen some days under, under David. We, we were not told that, but it's most likely so. And they give Rehoboam, they give him some wise advice. They say this. Love the people. Serve the people like David did. And in turn, the people will love you for it. And they will serve you as their king. All right. However, the young men were not so wise. Here's what the young men said. The young men, they grew up under the reign of Solomon. And it's great wealth. They were spoiled. They were selfish. And they were arrogant. And here's what they said. They said, put more on them. That'll shut them up. Well, 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 as you can imagine, and, and many of you know the, the end of the story, Rehoboam went with the foolish advice of the young men. And here's what happened. I want you to listen to this. Rather than bringing the people together, he split the nation in part. You, you understand what I'm saying to you tonight? Now, listen, I, uh, I understand, well, you know, the Lord prophesied. I, I realize that, but you understand, Rehoboam ultimately was in the wrong. And I, listen, I realize tonight that sometimes in leadership... You cannot go along with the crowd. you got to stand for what, was, what is right. But Rehoboam wasn't doing that. You understand? Rehoboam in his pride and in his arrogancy, he pushed the people away. Now, I want you to listen to this tonight. What I want you to think about is, is it, from Rehoboam and that whole situation there is, is not just the contrast of advice between the old men and the young men, but also contrast the behavior between Rehoboam and, and his grandfather David. I want you to think about this. Where Rehoboam was lifted up in pride and thought himself better than the people, David was humble and saw himself as one of the people. Think, think about this. Where most kings rode a horse, David rode a donkey, which is a sign of humility. And as a result, where Rehoboam split the people apart in his pride... David loved the people and served the people, and this brought the people together. And I believe this tonight. You can argue with me if you want, but I believe this. The nation of Israel was at her peak under the leadership of David. Let, let me say it like this. She may have been at her peak in wealth under Solomon, but she was at her peak spiritually under David. What, what, I'm, saying, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this. I believe what Paul is telling Timothy tonight is this. Be a David. Be, be a David. If you view yourself as, as above the people and you lift yourself up in pride and have a bad attitude towards them, 
it's only natural that they are going to be pushed away from that. Because here's the thing. Anybody with any sense doesn't want to hang around that. You understand? And here's, here's the thing. If you are a pastor, you're not only pushing them away from you, you're pushing them out of the church and ultimately away from Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? But when you view yourself as one of the people and you love the people, you will draw folks to you and more importantly, you'll have greater influence on them following Jesus Christ in their life. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to Timothy. And let me say this tonight. Listen, I realize this is Timothy. He's in ministry and all this. But please listen to this. That there's not just an application here to the man of God or those in leadership. That's certainly the main thought. But there's an application to every one of us tonight if you're saved tonight. That we would have the understanding tonight. We would walk out of this place tonight saying, you know what, I, I want to be a David. I don't want to re- be a Rehoboam. I want to be a David that, that, that has an influence and that loves people because that's what ultimately God has called us to do. Let me, but listen, before we even get in the text tonight, let me just give you some very common sense things about, uh, about relationships and friendships and, and fellowshipping with, within the church. Number one tonight, if you're taking notes, this is all introductory tonight, all right? But here's the first thing. Relationships and fellowships are important. They're important. You know, I like the old saying, no man is on an island to himself. And the reason is because, and that express, what, what that saying is this, is that man does poorly when he or she is isolated. And that's true. That, that's true. Do you, do you understand that one of the main purposes of our existence is fellowship? God, God created us. Please listen to this. God created us so that we could have fellowship with Him. Now, now watch this. Now, God created us in His image so that we could have fellowship with Him. Now, I'm not saying God needs fellowship. God doesn't need fellowship. God doesn't need us. God doesn't need anybody. God is God. If anybody can do it by themselves, that's God. But, but we understand tonight that God created mankind in His image with the intention to fellowship with us. And so what I would say to you tonight is this, is that if we're created in the image of God, then, then the idea of relationships and friendships, that's obviously a fellowship, that would be important to us. And it would be of necessity. Now, now here's the other thing. The other thing is this, that's really one of the purposes of church. You understand, as already mentioned, it's one of the byproducts of being a part of one of the Lord's churches that we get to have fellowship with one another. Listen, if there's anything I could drive home tonight, it's this. We got to stop acting like church is some plan B that God came up with to fill our time. And that it's, you know, it's some, it, it's some side dish that, that I'll get to when, when, whenever, I, whenever I can. Listen, God didn't give us the concept of church on a whim. Like, you know, we're going to need something to do when we get bored with the entertainments of this life. God gave, listen, Christ died for the church. Christ gave himself for the church. You you understand, he knew that we would need the church. We would need to get together as God's people, not just to hear the preaching of the word of God, but also he knew that we would need friendship and fellowship with one another inside that body of believers. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, this tonight, but, but I have. I, I know this, that one of the products, well, one of the things that helped me to grow spiritually was not just the preaching of the Word of God, it was fellowship with God's people. It wasn't just the preaching of the Word of God. And by the way, it wasn't just reading some book about a spiritual subject. And I'm not knocking that. I, listen, I think those are good as well. But I think you do need to keep an eye on the books. And, and I also think you need to remember it's a book written by a man. It's not a book written by God. And so if it disagrees with that book, you, you know, you need to side with the Bible. Somebody say amen. But, but you understand, one of the things that helped me to grow spiritually in my walk with Christ after I got saved, one of the major things was, was not only the preaching of the Word of God, but it was fellowship and friendship with, with God's people. And here's why where the preaching of the Word of God gave the instruction and even gave the application, it was the fellowshipping that you saw those those things come to life. Because you listen to the testimonies and the things that God was doing in the lives of people, and that's when it began to resonate, hey, 
what the man of God is saying from the Word of God, that's real. If I'll just open up my heart and let God do a work in me like these people have have done in their lives. I, I listen, the, the reality is friendships and fellowship with others. The truth of the matter is it's of necessity. That, that's why we spend time with family, as crazy as they are, or friends. That's why we have friends and we have coworkers that we hang out with or talk shop with or, or neighbors or, or, or whatever the case may be because it allows for things like camaraderie. And, 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 and joy, and, and encouragement, and, and maybe help uh, somewhere. Well, listen, the list could, could go on and on and on. Well, what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that when there are no friendships and fellowship within the church, you're hurting yourself spiritually. L- listen, spiritual isolation brings with it spiritual loneliness, discouragement, fear, and a host of other things, but you're also stunning your spiritual growth, the spiritual growth that God intends for you to have through fellowshipping with God's people. Now, let me give you the second thing, and I want you to listen to this tonight. Come on, listen, listen. The relationships and friendships are determined by our attitude. Let me say that again. Relationships and friendships are determined by our attitude. Tell you what, why don't you hold your place there in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and go with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Some of you look like you need to move around a little bit tonight, amen. I'm going to turn my fan on. <clears throat> Let me just encourage you tonight to make the most of tonight because I don't know how Sunday's going to go. Amen. And since we're on the subject, let's make the most of fellowshipping. Proverbs 18, you there? Look at verse number 24. It says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now, I like the last part, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, we know who that's talking about. That's talking about Jesus Christ, who promised never to leave us nor forsake us if we're saved tonight. Somebody say amen. We understand that, but that first part of that verse, that's to me and that's to you. And, 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 and so that's the idea that, that, that our attitude determines our friendships and relationships and fellowship within the church. Let me, let me just give you some things here tonight. I just kind of wrote these things down. I was thinking about these, and, and man, they all alliterated, so you know I had to write them down. But there are three things that will help you with, uh, that will keep you, rather, from friendships within the church. Comfort zones, cliques, and cantankerous attitudes. Comfort zones, cliques, and cantankerous attitudes. Now, we'll save the cantankerous attitudes for last. That way, I know you're paying attention by then. Comfort zones. You know, and I didn't even ask my wife tonight. I said something about the sinus surgery and made a joke about, you know, filming it and posting it on social media. But then I thought, yeah, and then you would be attending my funeral services the next week. But my wife will tell you this. She is by nature an introvert. Introvert. And some people are naturally that way, and I understand that uh, tonight. But she also knows that as a pastor's wife, she needs to fellowship and have friendship with, with other ladies within the church. And I mean not, not just to make a show as a pastor's wife, because she knows as a pastor's wife, she needs encouragement. She needs, she needs people to pray with her about different things. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so she pushes herself to get out of those comfort zones at, at times. The point is this, if that is your natural personality, I understand that tonight, but what I'm saying to you is this, push yourself out of the comfort zone and develop friendships within the church. You, you need those things. Now the other thing is cliques, and, and you know we pick on the young people, the teenagers, about having little cliques and small circles of friends that they live in, but you know the reality is, adults do that too. And while I understand the importance of having close friends, I'm not knocking that. Jesus had his inner three, James and John and Peter. And we understand that tonight. But you need to be careful that you don't live entirely inside that circle and then that really becomes your comfort zone. And you'd be sitting in here tonight and going, well, you know, I've got two, you know, a couple of good 
you know, family members or friends in the church and they're close to me and so I'm good and this really doesn't apply to me tonight. Well, that applies to you. You're in your comfort zone. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that one, you're hurting yourself by limiting your spiritual growth. But, but the other thing is this, you're hurting those outside your, your circle who need you, your influence. They won't have your influence. And here's the other thing. And in turn, they'll view you as someone being unfriendly because they're not in your clique. All right, so, so those are some things here. And I, I realize this is kind of j- just some helpful things here. But the, certainly the last thing would be this, a cantankerous attitude. When I was pastoring in Cashville, I, I'm not going to say his name tonight, but our kids would know who I'm talking about. But we had a cantankerous older man in the church. And, 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 and here's why I can say that. Because he griped and complained about Everything. Everything. He either couldn't hear the preaching or the preaching was too loud. I didn't know where to go. I'm like, where do you want my tone to be at? Um, um, here, here's the other. He would say, well, preacher, how come we don't never have a dinner on the grounds? We would have a dinner on the grounds and guess who didn't show up? And then, listen, he would complain about, well, you know, I just... I don't, I, you know, I'd go over to his house and, and check on him every night. Well, you know, I just don't have fellowship with anybody in the church. Well, here was why. Because he would show up about five minutes late to every service. And during the invitation, he would leave. Let me look at me tonight. Look up here. If you leave during the invitation, that's one of the most disrespectful things you can do in the house of God. I think that's disrespectful. That, listen, that's, that's about it like wearing your hat inside a service. Take your hat off. This is the house of the Lord. This is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Have respect for, for the things of God. Well, but what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this. He was the epitome of Proverbs 15, 4 that says this. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in spirit. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about a tongue that always nags and complains and gripes. It is a breach in spirit. That means this, it wears on the spirit of those around them. And as a result of his attitude, listen to this, his wife left him, his kids and his grandkids wanted nothing to do with him, and he would sit at home and complain about being lonely and not having any friends, yet his cantankerous attitude was what was responsible for all of it. And I'm telling you, that's a sad lot of it all. And I'd tell him something, you know, and I love the guy to death. And sometimes he would crack me up laughing because he would talk about losing weight and he would be on that Jenny, what's that, Jenny Craig thing. And he said, you know, preacher, them Jenny Craig meals, they're not too bad, but it takes about four or five to fill you up and I can't lose any weight with them. I like to fell out of my chair when he said that. Folks, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that if we, have, if we desire to have friendships, then we must show ourselves friendly. Please listen to this tonight. You have no right to sit at home complaining about how nobody in this church cares for you when you haven't cared for anybody in this church. That's not fair. The, the reality is there are people who care about you in this church. That's the reality. There are people that miss you when you're not in your place. And we do have our place. We are Baptists, man, and we are creatures of habit. And we all come in and we sit in the same spot. And if you change spots after tonight, it's going to mess me all up. Because I can go down in my mind's eye and I can see who's not here tonight. And I realize there are some people that didn't want to get out in the icy road. And I totally understand that. And I'm not knocking that or anything. I realize that. And they're probably tuning in online tonight. But you can mark it down. I know where they're sitting at. I know where they sit at. I can, and I can start calling names tonight, but I'll call a na- I'll, I won't call somebody's name, and they'll be shooting me a text tomorrow going, see, you just don't miss me, preacher. <laughs> when we do, I, you are missed. The problem sometimes is this, is that people are so mean-spirited that other people don't want to call and check on you because they're afraid you might get angry about it. And that's not fair. That, that, listen, if you want friends in this church, then change your attitude. Brother Al Price, man, I love that brother. He is awesome. And, and, and his dear wife, 
went home to be with the Lord after a drunk driving accident. And I'm so thankful we got to uh, see him again uh, out in uh, Arizona uh, last year. And I hope to, uh, a couple of years ago, I hope to get to see him again uh, th- this year. But I, listen, he told me one time, he said, brother, he said, you catch a lot more flies with honey than you do swatting at them all the time. Now, he's from Kentucky. That's Kentucky theology right there. Amen. But that's true, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying we want to catch flies, but it'd be good to catch some friends. Well, then be nice. A little kindness will go a long way. Now, here's the third thing tonight. And this, again, this is all free. And then we'll get to our text here at about 830 tonight. Here's the third thing. Relationships and friendships do have an impact on a church corporately. Please listen to this tonight. I've been in churches preaching and different things like that in different meetings. And I've been in, been in churches where there's little or no fellowship and friendships. And folks come in and they go out and they hardly ever say two words to each other. There's very little prayer for one another. And that type of attitude, listen to this, that type of attitude is not good for a church. You, you understand, there's, no, there's not going to be liberty to preach when that kind of stuff's going on. There's not going to be, listen, the church is going to be stagnant and not growing. Because here's the thing, who wants to be a part of that? Who wants to come into a church where nobody's talking with one another and it's just a bunch of people that are here for just to be here? It's like we're going through the motions of, listen, I want, if I come into a church, I want to feel like somebody cares for my soul. But, but Because on the other hand, I have been to churches and been part of churches where friendships blossom and folks would get to church 15 to 20 minutes early to fellowship with one another and encourage one another. And then after the service, they don't bolt out the back door. They hang out and they fellowship and, 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 and be and Listen, because I'm telling you, life, when lives revolve around what's going on at the house of God instead of what's going on at the ballpark or what's on TV tonight or whatever, is, whatever else. Listen, when they pray together, when they encourage one another and strengthen one another, they create, a, they create an environment that people come in and go, man, there's something different about this place and I want to be a part of it. And what I'm saying tonight is this, that, that's, that's what ought to be happening at Faith Baptist Church. And I realize to some extent it does, but I also realize there are people that shoot out the back door right after the church service is over and they don't fellowship with anybody and then they go home and in the darkness of their night they're going, I, people just don't fellowship with me and they don't talk with me and they don't care about me. And here's what I'm saying to you tonight. Why don't you stick around and make friends with people? And talk with people. And please understand this tonight. I'm not saying that everything in the church hinges on relationships. It hinges on Jesus Christ. But at the same time, the church is not a building either. It's the people within it. And we must learn to be people filled with the love of Jesus Christ and then show ourselves friendly both towards one another in the church but even those that come through the doors that we don't know. Because there's people that need to come in here and need to experience that people care about their soul. Want them to hear the gospel. Well, preacher, I just, you don't understand. I'm an introvert. Didn't we just talk about that? And we need to learn. This is, that, I'm just telling, listen. This is why Paul is dealing with this. I'll tell you, this is exactly why. Because if the church at Ephesus is going to be everything that God intends for her to be, then Timothy needs to grab a hold of this in his life. He needs to teach it to those people. And they need to come together in unity and love one another and fellowship with one another and have friendship with one another. And then people are going to come in and go, Mercy. And that's exactly what we need. So here's what he says. He gives them two things, just two things. Actually, there's three. But the last one will be very short. So the first thing that he does is he deals with Timothy's relationship with the men of the church. Look at verse number one. I like this. He says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren. Now the key word in this, all of this is the word entreat right here in verse one. And the reason it's key is because it's going to carry to verse number two and three. Especially verse number two of the ladies. The, the, the word entreat, listen to this, it means to make a request or petition. Listen to this. It literally has the idea of offering a treaty as in a peace treaty. To forge relationships and eventually build friendships. Timothy is the new guy on the block. 
And he's young. He ain't got no gray hair. And he's going to be the pastor? Who does this kid think he is? But you understand, Timothy, you can't go in there like Rehoboam. You thought, you thought Paul was tough. I'm fixing to put my little thumb on you. Squish you. No, no, you can't do that. You can't be like that, Timothy. Timothy, you got to go in. You, you will tear everything apart. You're, listen, you're not a bull in a china can. Timothy, go in there and entreat the men. I come in peace. Right? Look at here's see here and let me let me give you this tonight. Look at what he says here. Let's let's just spend a little time here. He says, entreat, he says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. So he says, to entreat elder men as fathers. Now, now in this context, we would understand that the term elder here in this context speaks of older men, not the position of pastor. All right, hence verse 2. All right, when it says the elder women, that's not talking about women pastors. Otherwise, he's just contradicted the instructions in chapter 3 that a pastor or an elder or a bishop is to be the husband of one wife. Husband. That'd be a man. Go with me? Okay, so, so we would understand that. And it said, notice it says, to rebuke not an elder. The word rebuke means to chastise or to upbraid. Now, now please catch this. It is not saying that a senior saint cannot be corrected by the man of God. It's not what that's saying. All right? But it is saying, be careful how you do it. Because older men in the church, watch this, they ought to be respected and treated as such. Now, please, please stay with me. Because we are living in a culture that wants to discard the older generations and views them as useless. But this should not be the attitude of God's people. The term rebuke also has the idea of chastening as in spanking or disciplining children. But older men in the church have no business being treated like children so long as they're not acting like children. And all the wives hopefully said amen. But rather they should be honored and respected. Elder men are to be treated as fathers. Well, well here, listen, you know why? Please, please listen to this. Because fathers are wonderful sources for advice and counsel. Good fathers. You, you understand what I'm saying? Well, why? Well, why, 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 why are they good for advice and counsel? Here's why, because they've already been there. And they've done that. And they got the t-shirt. And they have experience and they have wisdom. And I told a young man this the other day. Wisdom is not just learning from your own mistakes. It's learning from the mistakes of others. Do you, do you understand? Do you realize how many times in my life that, that I have called my dad or I have called my father-in-law and, and sought their counsel? Well, why? Because they've probably already been through something that I've been through. When it comes to ministry, do you realize how many times I have called my preacher? Or I have called other men of God that have been an influence on my life and they're older than me. And I've called them and sought their counsels and said, Hey, bro, this is my situation. What would you do about this? And just sought their counsel on those things. Well, why? Because they have experience. And by the way, that, that is a good thing. An elder, an elder man is usually a wealth of knowledge and experience. But you will get none of this when you are disrespectful. And you are unfriendly towards them, or you have a worldly view that ah, they're just useless. Be careful of that attitude. Now, let me, let me tell you the other thing here. Because he says, entreat the younger men as brethren. So, they're to be bro brothers. Where fathers are good for counsel and advice, you know what brothers are good for? They're good for encouragement. Brothers means this. It means this. You are not in the battle alone tonight, men. You got brothers. You got men. You, you understand? Whereas fathers have already been through those things, the brother is right there in the thick of it all with you. 
The stuff you're, you've struggled with, they're struggling with. The things you're battling, they're battling. They're the ones rubbing elbows with you while you serve the Lord and try to stand for the Lord. But again, you're not going to receive all of this encouragement and this help that we need from one another when you don't show yourself friendly. Let me give you the second thing. Look down at verse number 2. See, I told you this would go kind of quick tonight. The elder women as mothers and and the younger as sisters with all purity. So likewise, he begins to deal with the men here. They're the women in the church. And he says to entreat the elder women as mothers. So just as the elder men are fathers and they give advice and counsel, elder women are mothers, are to be treated as mothers. And as mothers, here's what that means. That means love and influence. A wrong attitude from Timothy here could cost him a multitude of wonderful home-cooked meals. Cinnamon rolls are on the line right here, Jack. You know why why I said that? You know why I said that? Listen to me. Listen to me. Because that's usually how mamas show their love. You understand? Listen, we we travel to Florida and go take vacation. You know what? My mom will call me and she'll go, hey. Hey, I know y'all are coming next week. Won't you be thinking about what you want me to cook for you? And trust me, I'm thinking. <laughs> she comes up here. She comes up here and goes, now listen, I want to cook for y'all one night. What you want, fried chicken? What kind of question was that? Fried chicken? Glory, hallelujah. And she fried some. The kids are like, Dad, we want the... Li-. No, those are mine. It was fried pork chops this past time. That's mamas. You know what else mamas have? Influence. Do you know what I have found is this, is that mamas and grandmas can say stuff that most people can't say, and they say it, and, they rece- and people receive it, and they go, okay. Isn't that crazy? Somebody else said that to me. You, probably, you know, you just get whacked in the head. What'd you say? My grandma, okay. Well, because cinnamon rolls are on the line, you know. I love that story. I love Richard, Brother Richard King. I love his story. Brother Richard King got saved in the 70s. And, and when he got saved, he had long hair, long, all this long hair. Now he doesn't have hardly any hair, amen. And, and so he had long hair. He got saved. And he goes, I remember, he said, I, I got saved. And, and, and so I came before the church after I got saved. And I stood before the church to present myself for baptism. And everybody's coming up. And they're hugging my neck and shaking my hand and welcoming me in. And, and all that, and he, he said, right at the end of the line, here comes one of the, this little grandma. She's about that tall, and she comes uh, comes up there and just kind of eases up there. And I can't remember she had a walker. She just re- reach, hugs his neck, says, "I'm so proud of you. You got saved. Now you can go get a haircut." <laughs> and he did. He went right. He went right out the next day. Went to the barber shop, got a haircut. Somebody else said that. What do you mean? I got to get a haircut and get mad about it and offended? Grandma says it, though. You better pay attention. Yeah, man. So you understand. And treat the, the, the elder women as mothers. Now watch this. He says this, and treat the young ladies as sisters. And I love this, because notice he says this. The younger as sisters, and watch that phrase, with all purity. With all purity. As Timothy is a man, his relationship with the opposite sex is to be different than the world. It's to be one of protection, not perversion. Somebody say amen tonight. Young ladies within this church are not to be viewed by the men in this church as sexual objects. They are sisters or daughters. And Timothy's relationship with them is very important. And here's why. Because sisters means hope. What what do do you mean, preacher? Because they hold the keys to the future of the church. They will, be one, they will be the ones bringing forth children to carry on the church's legacy. They will be the ones raising up the next generation for Jesus Christ. Therefore, they ought to be protected and guarded as sisters. Isn't that good? So, so you understand, let me, and let me also say this. The relationship between the older women and the younger women also needs to thrive within the church. Though this deals primarily from the perspective of Timothy, 
both as a man and a pastor, the relationship between women in the church are important as well. It is the older generation of mothers and grandmothers that can teach the younger generation of women how to carry themselves in modesty and, and, love, and love their husbands and care for their children. It is the younger generation of ladies that can help the older generation of ladies with labor within the church and within the homes. You see how it all works together? And folks, we need another generation of young ladies in this church. And I praise God for the older ladies and the younger ladies alike. But I'm just telling you, we, we, need, we need folks to jump in in Sunday school classes and nursery workers and whatever the case may be that's going on in the church. And I praise God for the godly ladies that we have in our church. But I'm just saying to you tonight, we need more of them. Look at verse number 3 tonight, and I'm done. It says, honor the widows that are widows indeed. And so Timothy is to honor them. And, and certainly we're going to see this as this carries on in chapter 5, and he, and, and he deals with widows. But this is the idea of this, that he is to love them and to care for them, have respect for those who have cared for their families and gone through great loss. And Timothy's to do that. Folks, here's the point in everything tonight. And again, and I'm through. If Faith Baptist Church is going to be everything that she needs to be, then let me say to you tonight, we definitely got to have truth. We have to have that. We have to have the preaching of the Word of God. But we also have to have love. As individual believers within the church, we need to work on building relationships and friendships with one another. If you're in a comfort zone tonight or a clique or whatever it is, work on getting out of it. Maybe you're here tonight and saying, you know what, preacher? I just need to change my attitude. Because sometimes that's really the bottom line. You're saved tonight. You need, uh, you praise God. You're, you're part of Faith Baptist Church. Praise God. If you're not any of those, you need to be. But if you're in this church tonight, I'm telling you, we need to learn how to treat one another like this. Because we need every group that's mentioned here tonight. We need every group. Let's all stand tonight.